The Pelicans are 1-10 and 10 to start this NBA season. This show is going to be very, very simple. Should the Pelicans be this bad? Yes or no? Let's get into it in the Wednesday edition of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We are free and available five days a week. No paywall, just Pelicans talk, NBA talk every single day, Monday through Friday. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube as well if you prefer to watch there. And YouTube's fun. I like the comments and the interaction on there, so please give that a chance if you haven't checked it out already. And today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right. This one's simple. The Pelicans are 1 in 10. They're the the worst record in the league. This is not fun basketball to watch. Their offense is 27th out of 30th. Their defense is 29th out of 30th. Their net rating is negative 11.9. That's 29th out of 30th. Like everything's bad for this team kind of right now. We don't know when Zion Williamson's going to return. Brandon Ingram has been out now for a number of games. He hasn't played at all in November with a hip bruise. He's questionable going into tonight's matchup. So the question is, should the Pelicans be 1-10? in 10? Should they be this bad? And I said in the open, it's a yes or no thing, but it's unfortunately not that simple because the answer is both yes and no. So in this segment here, segment one, we're going to talk about why, yes, this team should be one in 10 when you look at it, but two and three, I'm going to look at why they shouldn't be this bad and why they should be better than what they are. And I'll go into all of that coming in, uh, coming up a little bit in today's show. So right now for segment one, yes, this team should be one in 10. You know, they may win against the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight, but after that, it's tough to find another win on the schedule. They should be this bad. You know why? Because there's no Zion Williamson. There's no Brandon Ingram. These are guys that combined for 50 points last season. It's on the bench. Zion is unstoppable, right? For a team that struggles to score, not having your like otherworldly NBA player who can just score at the rim at will against four or five defenders at times, you're probably going to be worse. Same thing for Brandon Ingram, a former all-star, a former most improved player who's got shades of Kevin Durant in him. You don't have those two guys? Like, yeah, you're going to you're gonna struggle. You don't have um, Herb Jones, who's your best defender out there for the past couple of games because of the you know elbow to the face and the concussion and now rolled ankle. Like, yeah, you're going to lose when, you know, guys are playing significant minutes. Like when when uh, Trey Murphy, the third, who's a rookie, is fifth most minutes on your team, like you're probably going to lose games. So because of not having your two all-stars, like, yeah, you're, you're going to lose. It's it's just kind of really that simple, right? You know, and when you look at, but, but saying that they should be one in 10 also has to accept some other kind of premises with it. And that's that some of these guys aren't good. That Nikhil Alexander-Walker isn't good right now. 
Same thing for Jackson Hayes. It, it's a crappy realization that you've got to come to. But this roster without Zion and B.I. isn't getting you wins because those guys have not stepped up. They have not improved their play. You could be optimistic if you want and say it's taking them a little bit of time to gel and for Willie Green to work through some of the kinks. His rotations do need a lot of work. But it probably goes just kind of beyond that. And look, the roster, particularly without Zion and B.I., just isn't that good. And no one's really kind of that go-to guy. No one's really that kind of big contributor. So, of course, they're going to be 1 in 10. What else should we have expected, right? Particularly with a tough schedule. You've played some really good teams. The Suns, for example, right? They just played the Dallas Mavericks, who are an okay team. The Golden State Warriors, who look like the Golden State Warriors of old. The Kings are improved. The Knicks are good, right? They've lost the Sacramento Kings twice, but they're improved. Atlanta, you know, and Chicago, who's improved. And Philadelphia, like, all the teams they've lost to are, for the most part, like, decent or better teams. So, yeah, when you look at this roster and know Zion or B.I., of course they're going to struggle. They're going to turn the ball over, which they're doing, right? That means they're going to get burned in transition defense. I've talked about it. I talked about it on Monday, right? That means their defense is going to be bad. They have a rookie head coach who's making rookie head coach mistakes. Yeah, of course, when you lose two All-Stars, you're not going to be as great of a team. Look at the Philadelphia 76ers last night against the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, right? No Joel Embiid, no Tobias Harris, no Ben Simmons the whole season. They lost. What do you expect was going to happen? It sometimes it's just kind of that simple. It's a talent-driven league. So without those two guys, yeah, they're a bad team. Cool. So that's the yes part of the answer. Yes, they should be this bad. But it goes beyond that because when you look at the whole picture beyond just kind of this moment in time, this moment in time, yes, they're a 1 in 10 team. They should be a 1 in 10 team. But when you go back to the start of David Griffin's tenure, of Zion Williamson's tenure here, should this team be this bad? today and I think the answer to that is no and we're going to explore that coming up in the next two segments of today's episode of Locked On Pelicans but before we get to that today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Built Bar I love Thanksgiving all the good food treats and you get so many of them it's awesome but maybe you want a really delicious dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar to kind of at least take it easy somewhere. So it's the perfect time for Built Bars. You should think of Built Bar as the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and actually feel good about it. One slice of pie, upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories, only four, to f- uh, only four grams of sugar, and plenty of protein. So replace that coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar, or yet, or, or better yet, the coconut brownie chunk Built Bar, which is on sale right now, and I'm telling you, literally the best flavor they have. You should drop what you're doing, pause the show, go to Built.com, and order it right now. These things are low in calorie, low carb, low in fat, and high in protein, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. You're going to think you're eating a candy bar, not a protein bar, except these things are good for you. So whenever you're hungry, grab a Built Bar. I keep them in my backpack for at work. If I need a snack when I'm on the road traveling, you just need something. These things are absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. So share some at your family gatherings. It might make things a little weird at first, but then they're all going to be thanking you. Dinner's not going to be awkward because you're helping them eat healthy while having something delicious. Plus, they're going to have new surprises all month long, including limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So you've got to check the site often. And there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday sale. So mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off over at Built.com. 
All right. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. Free, no paywall, like free, actually free. 20 minutes plus of Pelicans talk every single day covering the topics you want kind of in real time. I'm not coming to you a month after things happen to try and break them down when that moment's passed and you don't care anymore. We're talking about what you want to talk about here every single day, free and available on all platforms. So please subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Tell a friend about a show uh, and also leave a five star review with a comment that goes a long way and really helps out. So today's show is simple. Should the Pelicans be this bad? When you look at their record, when you look at the roster, this moment in time, yeah, they probably should be. They're not a good basketball team right now. They're missing Zion. They're missing Brandon Ingram. That's 50 points. They're bad. As I'm like chewing here, um, they should be that bad. It's really kind of that simple. But it also isn't that simple, right? They shouldn't actually be this bad. And so this comes down to something that I was talking about on Twitter the other day. You know, this is kind of more of a premise around like the idea of what the Pelicans should be, expectations, growth, trajectory, all of that, right? In year three of a rebuild, you should be better than one in 10. There should be enough talent, enough progression from your draft picks to at least be competitive and win more than one game. But that isn't the case here, right? You know, this is why when people go like injuries don't matter here or injuries aren't an excuse because you should be better than this kind of decimated, not very good roster, even though they try hard, right? They try really hard, but this roster should have more talent on it, given where the Pelicans were at the start of the rebuild when David Griffin took over. Nikhil Alexander-Walker looks stagnant or like he's regressed a little bit from last year. He's not a very good basketball player right now. Right now, he could be better in the future. The light bulb could come on and he could put it together. Players do it at different times. Antonio Daniels always says that. Yeah, but he's not there yet. And there's players in year three who are taken after him who are contributing right away and helping their team win games. Jackson Hayes was completely benched against the Golden State Warriors. He was completely benched at one point last year. He started to look good and now he doesn't anymore. That's not great. You invested the eighth overall pick in that guy, and he's not even a competent backup center? That's a failure. That's not the trajectory, right? Like, you would expect there to be a normal trajectory. It kind of goes up like that, right? You start here, get a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better, and it just kind of goes on and on and on. But that's not what the Pelicans have done. So when you're off that trajectory, you're, you, listener, fan of the team, have a, should be frustrated, have a right to be frustrated, and so that's kind of what, what, what is disappointing here, right? Like Kyra Lewis Jr. looks overmatched. He just looks very raw. He has a ton of talent, but it hasn't come out yet. But there's guys taken after him, and I'll mention one in a minute, who are contributing. It's frustrating to see that, knowing what this team could be if you had made the right decisions, if things had gone according to plan. But they don't. And we only get the benefit of that with hindsight, right? Like in the moment, Kyra Lewis Jr. looked like a good draft pick. We weren't expecting to be here. You know, same for Jackson Hayes, maybe same for Nikhil Alexander-Walker, depending on how you felt about them. But it hasn't gone according to plan. And what we do is analyze with this hindsight ability, right? We look back. That's the job. And the front office, the franchise, is judged based on that. So when you look at this team and the draft picks and what the trajectory should have been, no, they shouldn't be this bad. They, They should be better than this. Even without Zion, even without Brandon Ingram. They should be better than this. And again, is, is Brandon Ingram going to help that much? Team was one in five with him. 
You know, I, I kind of wonder. So in year three of a rebuild, it feels like they're actually behind where they should be. And I don't disagree with that. Again, hindsight. I'm not criticizing the decisions in the moment, but that's what we do. And so I look at it and it's like, yeah, they shouldn't be this bad. But then also look at the 76ers. Again, they lost last night, right? To the Milwaukee Bucks. No Embiid, no Simmons, no Tobias Harris, no Seth Curry. And I forgot about him too. But they also have, they, they haven't had Simmons all year. And going into that game last night, they were 8-3 and three and had the best record in the Eastern Conference. They've missed games with Tobias Harris. They've missed games with Joel Embiid already. And they won those games. They won those games without their all-star players. Without four of their five best players, three their three best players at times. They've won those games. Because they've had guys like Tyrese Maxey taken after Kyra Lewis Jr. Who's played amazing for him this year. He's really... He showed... Flashes of potential at the end of last season, and then this year really took off. Will he keep it all up? You know, who knows? But right now he looks good. Paul Reed really limited Giannis for a chunk of that game. The Pelicans don't have guys like that right now. Which sucks, because those guys that I mentioned, and I can mention a slew of others, were drafted after guys the Pelicans took. So you look at it and go, man, what could have been kind of the idea of the Pelicans, right? They're behind where you think they would be, just in terms of drafting players and the progression of those guys. You should have seen more from Nikhil Alexander-Walker by now. Same for Jackson Hayes. It's disappointing, so because of that, no, they shouldn't be as bad as 1 in 10. But then it's compounded by the fact of other decisions from the front office. So let's get into that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans, talking about whether the Pelicans should be this bad or not. So today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. And BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head to their new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You've just got to use our promo code, Locked On, to receive your bonus. You put in 100 bucks, you're getting 50 it's like you've already won a bet. Look, I talk to a lot of you. You're very smart people when it comes to basketball. You can bet on all the props, over-unders. What's the spread going to be for the Pelicans game? Bet the second half lines, right? You all know what to go out and do, so now's your chance to put that sports knowledge to work and make some money for yourself. So whether it's basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Starts. So thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day, free and available five days a week. I don't know what much more you want other than a couple of Pelicans wins, but I can't deliver that one for you. So we're just going to talk about the team because you care. You're upset, right? It means you care about this team. It means you're a passionate fan. You sh they should be happy that you're upset and that you care. And that's why you tune in to Locked On Pelicans to just keep the conversation going, know more about the team and be as informed as possible and hopefully locked on pelicans makes being a pelicans fan a little bit more interesting and a little bit better so make us your first listen every single day so we're talking and trying to answer the question of should the pelicans be this bad in the first segment i said yeah they should when you look at it this moment in time like this roster's crappy they should be one in ten you're missing 50 points you're missing brandon ingram you're missing zion williamson you know it's kind of as simple as that and there's re reason to think that they'll get better as time goes on. 
But in the second segment, we looked at the lack of progression from draft picks, things like that, and kind of what the expected trajectory of getting better would be. And they don't match that. So when you look at it from that note, like they should be further ahead in year three of a rebuild than they are, just in terms of the draft picks. But then there's also the other front office stuff. So from another perspective, I'm going to say, no, they shouldn't be this bad. And this kind of one goes to front office decisions. Some of them are good. Some of them haven't been, though. Has any, let me ask you this question and answer it in the comments on YouTube. Okay, here's the question on there. Has any team ever had a better jumpstart on a rebuild than the Pelicans did by trading Anthony Davis and getting the number one overall pick in Zion Williamson and leave Zion and his health out of this for a moment, right? You got Brandon Ingram, who immediately became an all-star here in New Orleans. You have Josh Hart, who's just a hard-nosed player, limited, but like hustles and gives you some stuff, right? Not, it's, it's kind of filler, sweetener to a degree. You get Lonzo Ball, who's an intriguing young player with two years left on his rookie deal. And then you get a ton of picks. Not great picks, but a ton of picks and pick swaps. And what have they turned that into? N- not much. Like, really, when you look at it, the Pelicans got nothing in return for Lonzo Ball. You know, maybe if you weren't going to pay him the $20 million, you should have moved him at the trade deadline. And him getting $20 million kind of seemed like a foregone conclusion and expected. So if you were going to trade him for absolutely nothing, a second-round pick, Tomas Sadaransky, and you extended Garrett Temple to pay him $5 million a year— You needed to get more than that from him. And you should have traded him at the trade deadline. And that is a complete miss by the Pelicans right now. Really that simple. You traded a pick for Steven Adams. You know, after trading Drew Holiday, you traded a pick for Steven Adams and then used another pick to move off of Steven Adams. It's not great, right? Like that's kind of disappointing. So that's two picks to just deal with Steven Adams. They get Valanciunas back in this, but you could have probably gotten him... Anyway, and he would have been available no matter what, even if you didn't have to unload Steven Adams. And maybe it would have cost you less at that point, right? You know, you had all of these picks and assets, and they've turned into not not much of anything, right? Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, you, you know, you, you've used those. Valanciunas, who I think you could have gotten anyway. You know, maybe Devontae Graham, who's a nice enough player, but not like a huge, huge, he's a bit of a difference maker. He's not like you know, chop meat or anything like that, chop liver, whatever it is. Um, but in re- in year three of a rebuild with all of those picks and an all-star in Brandon Ingram, you should have been better last year. You had Zion who was an all-star, Brandon Ingram putting up his all-star numbers, and the team still was bad. And that's due to mismanagement in the front office and the trades they've made and the squandering of assets. This roster should be significantly better. And Garrett Temple shouldn't be playing like the kind of minutes that he's playing for this team. He's played the eighth most minutes. He shouldn't be anywhere near that. But that's where they are because of the decisions of the front office. And then you add into the fact that the draft picks have not developed in year three and they should at least be showing more than what they are, right? Like Nikhil should at least be a competent backup and he's not that. Same for Jackson Hayes. He's the eighth overall pick. In year three, he should be an okay backup, whether it's a power forward or center. But he's not. Not even a power forward, right? And so when you look at everything, the big picture, not just this moment in time, going back to when Griff took over, this team should be better than where they are. But they're not. So this is where they are, as I talked about in segment one. So no, they should be one in ten when you look at it. 
but it shouldn't have gotten this bad at all. We shouldn't be here right now. And that's why I look at it and I think it's fair to say, no, they shouldn't be this bad in 110 because it should have just never been here. Now, look, there's time for them to turn it around. Absolutely. Maybe not to get into the playoffs or even the playing tournament, but to not look this bad at least, you know, but Temple would be getting minutes even with Zion out there. So maybe it's just as simple as this roster is not good. The decisions that have led us to this moment means the roster is not good. And in the moment, the roster is not very good. So all around, this kind of sucks. So yeah, they should be this bad, but also they shouldn't, which is kind of like a double whammy of things. So there you go. Let me know in the comments. Should the Pelicans be this bad? Yes or no? It's kind of a simple question, I think. Well, it's not. I just spent 20 minutes talking about why it's not a simple question. Uh, so I should not say that. So tomorrow, I want to look at something else. We'll, we'll recap the game, obviously, against the Oklahoma City Thunder. But I also want to look at, do Zion and Brandon Ingram really fix things? When you put them in and you kind of move some other guys to the bench, does that stabilize things? I'm not sure the answer is yes. So we'll break that down coming up here in tomorrow's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So thank you all very much for listening. Go check out the Locked On Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.